Hello and welcome to the podcast. You're listening to Be Uncluttered. I'm Rebecca Mazzino and with me is Tara Tuttle and together we are going to help you on your journey to a life free of clutter. Hi and welcome to this week's episode. This week we are going to give you five more things that you could declutter this week or this month if you're looking for a little kickstart on your decluttering projects around the house. We did one of these episodes a little while back and got some great feedback um, because it just takes the decision-making out of it about where to start. Mm. You can just follow this, pick one of the things out of these five, or maybe you'll work your way through and do all of them. But sometimes it is just nice if someone tells you what to do, (laughs) isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. It just Because decision-making anxiety is one of the things that makes it hard to declutter in the first place and so then decluttering deciding what to declutter um, is just another decision to have to make and you end up with decision fatigue quickly so if we at least take that decision away from you you don't have to worry about that you can then you know have your decision making anxiety on the actual doing rather than you know getting bogged down on the what to do yeah that's right all right well let's jump in number one is unidentifiable food in your freezer <laughs> or your fridge. So um Yeah, we've all got this, haven't we? Yeah. <laughs> There's always something in the fridge or the freezer that probably has outlived its or out out yeah. What is the word? Outlived its outlived its welcome. Yeah, and you know what? Um it doesn't even I mean I say unidentifiable because I guess the picture in my head is like the plastic container with you know it might have been a curry or something like that that gets put at the back of the freezer and then it grows icicles and then you can't the the container's a bit opaque and you look through it and you're like was that soup was that beef stew (laughs) what I have no idea I can't tell was it dog food yeah but (laughs) this week even I found it was identifiable but I um I love uh beetroot kraut like fermented pickled like beetroot and ah, yeah. um, I had, and I go through it at a great rate, but we've been away for a couple of weeks and so I hadn't had any and I went to get some and um, I'd left, it's like a resealable bag and I had not entirely resealed it and I can't even blame anyone because no one else in my house really eats it. Um, and I'd left it open a little bit and because it wasn't entirely covered by the solution, the little bit of beetroot that was sticking out, was growing mm. some science project looking thing <laughs> on the top of it. I was like, oh. So nice. it was identifiable, but it was still had enough fur that I was uh, not prepared to risk my health with it. So that went in the bin. So, um, yeah, yeah. So it doesn't have to be unidentified, really. It can just be uneatable, inedible. I'm really struggling with my words today. <laughs> in, inedible. Um, yeah, if it's inedible. Uh, or unidentifiable, it uh, it's time for it to go. Yeah, and, you know, it, it might even be a good chance if you're in the fridge or freezer anyway to check things like, you know, sometimes we have like jars of pasta sauce or pickles or whatever, that, or, you know, salsa or something, chutney, that you don't use very often. And mm. if you take the lid off and look under the lid, sometimes there's some funky-looking colour going on on the underside of the lid you know even you know all the yeah yeah like um so sometimes it's worth just doing a quick little scan through and seeing if everything's all right everything's still in their um reasonable kind of date you know yeah and there's lots that 
that have like use by dates which are well ahead, but they should they also have a like an advice to consume within a certain amount of days of opening, mm. and we tend to ignore those <laughs> yeah. a little bit. I I checked on one we had a buy stock in in those Tetra packs, mm-hmm. and Zoe. Again, hadn't really noticed this herself, but she was just using like little bits of stock at a time from a one liter container. And I looked at the back of the container. It says consume within three days of opening. And it's been, it had been open three weeks, <laughs> I reckon. But, but she was looking at the expiry date. Oh, it's still fine. It's still fine. I'm like, it's a Tetra pack. It's got a five year expiry date yeah, or yeah. something. So of course it's going to be okay. But once you open it, it's, it's less okay. So I've had to throw, throw that one out. Um, so that she didn't, you know, catch something gross <laughs> yeah yeah that's right well and even things like um you know sometimes i've put meat or veggies or something into the freezer and they get freezer burn because i either haven't sealed it properly or they've mm. sat there for too long and so um for those that aren't quite sure what i'm talking about freezer burn is um like when you get icicles on your on your meat or other foods that are in the freezer and it um what freezer burn does is it kind of takes the moisture and the flavor out of the product and it affects the quality of the food but not always the safety so um you can eat you know freezer burned uh you know green beans for example they just won't taste anywhere near as good as beans that haven't got that freezer burn um but you got to make sure it's not actually spoiled so if it's meat mm, mm. i don't know i'd be checking it yeah because if it's got freezer bat burn it probably it could mean that it's been in there longer than what's recommended for yeah. meat um so yeah, if it possibly. if there's any hint of a smell or it just looks a mm. bit funky yeah i'd avoid <laughs> food that looks kind of spoiled um but yeah uh so that kind of thing like you know, sometimes things just aren't sealed properly and whatever. So maybe maybe the first thing or one of the things you could think about decluttering this week is all those random nasty things that are lurking in your fridge and freezer. Yep. Uh, the second one, and we'll stay on the food theme here, is packaging that takes up too much space. So sort of like when you – this is something that I often say to clients is, you know, can I – combine these two packets together because you've got two half open packets of the same thing. Um, so it's that kind of thing with um, anything that's taking up more space than what it can. Um, maybe we can do some decluttering there. Can also help too if um, if it's something that goes stale, like uh, cereals or crackers or something like that often come in a big box, uh, you know, usually with a foil bag or a plastic bag or something on the inside, but they don't necessarily get eaten all at once. So some people will put the little, like the snap clip things on them um, mm. or tie the bags up and put them back in the boxes. But sometimes, you know, when you've only got a quarter of a box of cereal, but it's taking up the space of a full box of cereal, plus it's that whole thing as well of when you look in the pantry before you go grocery shopping. You think you've got a full thing of cereal. You've got <laughs> cereal, but actually there's not much left in it. So, um, Or it's empty if you're really lucky, because like, there are some people that will put any. <laughs> they'll be like, oh, there's three bits, three cornflakes left in the bottom. I'll stick it back in the pantry. Oh, so um, the idea is you could decant that either. I mean, you could just take the, the bag out of the box and just get rid of the box um, so that you're taking up less space. 
or you could decant it into some other kind of pot. And I will do, I'll do this quite a lot, you know, ideally it's a clear container or some kind of bin that you can see into so you can monitor levels. Um, I've also seen people just do colour-coded tabs, like if they've got little kids um, that might be grabbing for crackers or cereal or whatever it is that, you know, anything that's red you can help yourself to or whatever, Um, that kind of thing on the plastic packaging. But, yeah, that, uh, that whole idea that, you know, there's stuff taking up masses of space that really doesn't have to. Yeah. And another way you can save space as well is you can think about any of your bulky things, possibly relocating them to what we tend to call an overflow stash or an overflow space. And uh, we do this in our family. I particularly do it when I buy um, like a few kilos of flour at a time. I don't want to keep all that flour in the pantry. So it goes into my canister on the bench and then the rest of it goes um, into the laundry cupboard. So if you want to have a if you want to have a, a section somewhere else in your house or in a less accessible part of your kitchen, like up really high or down the back of a cupboard, that's where you could move some of your bulky items and just have enough within reach that, you know, you don't, you're not constantly reaching for the refill, but not so much that it's taking up a whole lot of space. Yeah, definitely. I do, I do that a lot with, there's quite a few sp- like herbs or spices that I use lots of. So I will buy the big containers, but storing them in my little spice drawer is really (laughs) not practical. So Mm. I will have a little jar and I'll decant a bit in there and that's enough to last me, you know, a month or whatever, two months. And then I will refill from the bigger container. And I do the same with like laundry, cleaning products and stuff as well. Like I buy the Mm. Ginormo jugs, no containers. I don't know what you call it, a vinegar. What does vinegar come in? a container. bottle bottle plastic bottle yeah it's a giant bottle, bottle. yeah a huge big <laughs> you know it's almost like a barrel it's big um <laughs> with lots of vinegar and like i buy bicarb soda by the two to three kilo bag but i don't mm. want to store all of that and when i just need some bicarb and vinegar to clean my shower i don't want to be lugging around a three kilo bag so i will decant it into smaller things put them on the shelf that's accessible and put all the the big stuff out of the way. So, yeah, you can just get mm. a bit savvy with the packaging and save yourself mm. some some space in your kind of prime real estate areas. I made a mistake with the bicarb with me. I bought a container and it's a beautiful container. It's a clear glass one and it's got a lovely blue wood, a uh, blue Blue wood, wow, that's rare. A lovely timber lid. I don't even know where the word blue came from then. That just came out of nowhere. A lovely like timber bamboo. Oh, bamboo. I think I was trying to say bamboo lid and I said blue. So bamboo lid and it's really lovely but I bought like a giant one because I thought, oh, well, I use like heaps of bicarb all the time. And I reckon it fits three kilos of bicarb in it. It's huge. And so then I've got to take it off the shelf to, to get any else. I have to like heave it down, carry it into the kitchen, put it down and like use a bit of it. So yeah, I, I need probably a smaller mm. one. But I do have though, I've got a, um, a vintage, like a, it's like a, um, seasoning shaker. Mm-hmm. So it's like a little cup sized. It's almost the size of a mug, and then it's got the cover over the top with all the holes in it to make it a shaker. And I keep bicarb in that, so I can shake it onto the um, carpet or whatever. So I do have that little one, but my actual <laughs> other one—it's just too big. I should have got a smaller container. Uh, and then the rest of the bicarb again goes in a different place, so I didn't do very well there. <laughs> so 
Learn from me. Don't go for something that's like about three kilos worth. Go a little bit smaller. Yeah, absolutely. Right. So number three of the things that you might want to declutter this week or this month, um, old party decorations that you thought Mm. you'd use again but get put in a bag or a box and sometimes you're even diligent with the labelling and then they get put away and they stay there forever. Forever. And so many clients, you know, so many times I've seen this and even in our own stuff as well, it was, you know, you get a box of party supplies and you pull it out and there's there's two My Little Mermaid bags. My Little Mermaid? Oh, I can't. My Little Pony? I don't know what's wrong with me. Or so. The Little Mermaid? My Little Pony. No, I was thinking The Little Mermaid, The Little Mermaid. So there's like two Little Mermaid party bags and there's four Thomas the Tank Engine hats and, you know, <laughs> three, you know, Teletubbies blowy thingies and it is that kind of stuff it's like you, you know, like if you think about it realistically it's like i'm not going to use these like they're not going to mm-hmm. get used but you put them away because you don't like wasting them so um all the time i open up clients boxes of party supplies and there's bits and pieces and when we really think about it they're not going to be used for a party um it's very unlikely that they'll be used yeah we did um i think sienna had a um, she wanted a jungle themed party, and so it, there was like we used heaps of green streamers um, to try and make the the room that all the kids were having a sleepover in look like there were vines hanging from the ceiling, and ah, there yeah. were ferns and plants and stuff all over the place. And I packed all that away, thinking, "Oh, here we go. This will be the jungle party <laughs> that that <laughs> never happens again." And then the following year was. Um, uh, mine and Maddie's birthday, but we were in lockdown and you could only have one family over. So I was like, I'm not buying all party decorations just for... uh..." So I was like, right, we're going to put a twist on this. We're going to make it Hawaiian themed. And so we pulled all the jungle stuff out and then just added a few pink flowers to it. And And some pineapples and you're done. Yeah. So but it was like, it was... It was the rare occasion that I've actually pulled stuff out again. And I know now it's not it's not with us here in the States, but I know that I have a box in Australia. One of the girls had um, like a disco party where they had like 20 friends and they had loud music and danced around and all of that. I know I have a box with like the spinning glitter disco balls and there's like all the mm. silver, you know, the, the silver glittery bits that hang over the doors that you've got to walk through like the. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. All of that, that's all in a box. And I'm like, hmm, yep. Because I was like, I'm going to I'm gonna tell my friends that if they want a disco party for their kids just to borrow my stuff, yeah. then we yeah. moved. Which and- is a good idea in theory, yeah. <laughs> in practice, it works a little less frequently or a little less ideally than it does in theory. But uh, yeah. sometimes we can do mm, it. So I would say either if you've got decorations hanging around, either make a plan now to reuse it for a party that you know is coming up or let it go and or the other thing is if you're really struggling with you know you've got a bunch of stuff like my disco party stuff chances are if you've got kids or if you've got you know friends similar age that are interested in similar things someone else might be able to use it but let them know tell Tell your kids friends parents if you know dinosaurs is what all the kids are into currently let them know that if they're having a dinosaur party this year, you've got plenty of stuff. And before they buy anything, mm. they can borrow yours or they can have yours or whatever it is. Um, because kids don't, they won't notice. 
that it's the same stuff no. that it was at someone else's and party. And to be perfectly honest as well, another thing you can do <laughs> is if you do have bits and pieces of, you know, like I said, some Thomas stuff and some Wiggle stuff and some this and that, you know, if you've then got a two-year-old's birthday coming up, just use them all at once in the one party because the two-year-old doesn't care <laughs> or the one-year-old. They just want the they just, just have a, They just exactly and, and the cake. And so, yeah, there's nothing – I mean, it seems a little bit counterintuitive and weird, but there is nothing wrong with collecting all of your spares together and having an eclectic-themed party <laughs> for a little one who's not going to actually care. Yeah. Or you might even be able to talk one of your older kids into having it in an like a nostalgic, ironic way. Ooh, good luck. Let us know how you go with that one. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Yeah, no, I'm, I don't think I'd even bother trying that. It was, it's a great idea in theory, but in practice, I'd, I'd like to hear from the one person that ever worked for. <laughs> um, I'll let you know if Sienna wants a Dora-themed <laughs> birthday party for her 14th this year. Dora and Spider-Man <laughs> yeah. and... Yeah, and whatever, Bluey and all the other yeah. things with that a disco ball. collect together. <laughs> yeah, and a disco ball and some some vines. Yeah, that's it. Um, but if you do have this stuff and you've decided to let it go, I would say don't throw it out. Um, firstly, either put it on a buy-nothing site because other people are always looking for party decorations and if they can get them cheaply or for free, mm. they will get them. I hate spending money on party decorations, I think, because they're such a mm. – quite often they are such a use-once item. Yeah, um, yeah, I, and and they're all cheap plastic rubbish that's just going to go straight to landfill yeah, later. That's right. Or um, you could give them to a school or a daycare centre or even retirement village or church group or something like that because um, some will use some of the things for like craft activities or mm. whatever or their own themed parties. So, you know, there's, there's yeah. options if you're going to let them go, but they are a bit of a, a space hog and, you know, it's, highly unlikely you're going to use that stuff again all right next one this one's a fun one actually well i think it's fun <laughs> it's um pens and markers and textures that don't work like they're all dried out or you've got three billion of them and you actually don't need all of them so this is the time to go through your house and all of the places that those kinds of things hide and go through them. Um, I feel bad now because I made a note that it's a great thing for kids to do and hear your saying. Oh, and I've just gone it. and said it's fun for <laughs> Now, that's fine because if anyone, when I said this is fun, if anyone went, um, Rebecca, you're insane, then your next point about giving it to the kids will really appeal yeah, to yeah. them. So it's fun. It used to be a chore <laughs> I would give my kids and say, oh, you know, here's the, here's the box of markers and pens and pencils and crayons and everything I've rounded up from around the house. Here's a couple of big pieces of paper. Test them all out. The ones that work go in this box. The ones that don't go in that box, and we'll put them in the bin. And uh, mm. and you get fifty cents each at the end of the day for your for your hard work. <laughs> Bit of slave labor. Love it. And um, yeah, perfect. Yeah, and that's the thing. It's like it's a really easy one because it's a very hard and fast rule. If they work, you can keep them. Yeah. If they don't, you can let let them go easily. Um, and then maybe once you've got whatever is left and working, you can figure out your limits then. If you've got way too many still to go back, then maybe it's a case of working out the best quality ones that you keep and the rest you can donate. Mm. The schools will always like pens and things. Yeah. And kindies. Yeah. So lucky last, number five, spare and unused glasses. So we're talking all types of glasses here like your eyeglasses reading glasses that you need uh just for vision or sunglasses mm -hmm. and 
I want to know how many is too many. And then I went down a massive rabbit hole Googling to see if I could find (laughs) statistics on how many glasses the average person owns, and I couldn't find any. Um, Mm. But it's funny. How many have you got? I prefer not to say. I'm going to test you here. Sorry, throw that one at you without warning. (laughs) I have. I have one pair of glasses that I need to see. Well, I don't – I should qualify that. I wear them if I'm driving at night, but I don't need them. Mm. Like I pass the vision test, but they just make – I find driving at night, they just give me a little tiny boost. It feels a tiny bit sharper, but – I have one pair. My prescription hasn't changed since I was 17. So, (laughs) um, in fact, they're the second pair I've had since I was 17. Oh, wow. So the first pair I had until I was 35. (laughs) And because I only – I keep them in the car and I – or in my handbag and I only use them if I'm driving at night. And – Yeah, so they're not – they're not getting out and about No. So – but when I told them (laughs) that – I was. I thought it was time for a new pair of glasses. They're like, "How long have you had these? Since I was seventeen, and you're how old now? Yeah, okay, it's been a while." Um, sunglasses, yeah, that's an issue for me. Probably, yeah, got a few six pairs. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, and I think I've, I've had clients with like quite a broad variety. You know, like some some have a pair of reading glasses on every flat surface in the house because they like need them to pick them up frequently yeah. and so they just sort of leave them in all different areas. Um, and then I've had some people who really love sunglasses. So, you know, they've got like 20 different pairs of sunglasses. Uh, and then there's everyone else that's, you know, in between. So I think that I don't I don't know that there is a, a right or a wrong amount. It just depends on what works for you. And, again, your particular situation, you know, so for me I've got – several different pairs of glasses uh, I've got two different prescriptions one for computer work and one for distance mm-hmm. so like you I have my driving glasses and again I don't need them for um, my it's not a license requirement but it does make me feel more comfortable to wear my distance prescription glasses either my sunnies or my clear ones in the car and then my computer ones and then I have like Mick thinks this is hilarious because I sit on the couch with them down on my nose because I have the you know the cheap magnifying ones from the chemist Mm -hmm. that I use for crochet so like I sit on the couch like looking through them down at my crochet and looking over them my nose over the top of them at the television (laughs) and he's like he came over one day to ask me a question he came from behind me and I'm sitting there with my crochet and like looking down at my crochet and then up at the television over the top of my glasses and I've looked up at him behind him and he's gone how you doing there love (laughs) don't you crochet in your glasses and I just looked and he said I looked about 80 um so, yeah, so I use those ones for, for crochet up close work. I don't need them, but it's, it's better if I, you know, drop a thread or something like that, drop a stitch. It's easier to find things again with those glasses. Uh, so I have those and then I have a couple of spare non-prescription sunnies in case I lose or I sit on my sunnies. Um, I've got a spare prescription and a spare non-prescription. So I have probably about eight pair in total, I think, hanging around the house. Yeah. Well, and look, some people that wear, uh, like, Glasses for glasses for vision. I was going to say. I guess 
outfits. Yeah, yeah like all the yeah. time. Yeah. We'll change them to match outfits. You know, get you have people that yeah. have, treat them like handbags or shoes or whatever and have, yeah. have a whole. Yeah, like my mum has, it's that she wears them all the time. She never takes them off. So, you know, she likes to have a couple of, you know, she likes to like have nice options. ones. So for she that person, mm. how many spare pairs you have um, would be completely different to someone like me that barely ever wears them. So, um mm. I guess work out what the number is for you or if there's ones that you have that just don't get worn. And, like, I know one pair, mm. I can think of one right now, is the back of the the drawer that I ha- have my baseball caps in and my exercise sunglasses. <laughs> and I like them because um, they're dark but they're not huge because I do quite like a huge sunglass. But I can't – some of my big normal – sunglasses i can't fit under my baseball caps because the peak touches the sides so i have a pair that i wear just for walking and i have another pair that i was gifted and i thought they'll make great exercise sunglasses but they're too big and i don't really wear them otherwise so they've sat at the back of the drawer so that's a pair i could definitely donate yeah and i think that the key is to sit down and do the math um first of all of how many spares do you need if you use prescription glasses, how many spares? And it's always handy to have a spare pair of prescription glasses mm-hmm. for sure because you need to something to get you by until you can go and replace them, um, especially if you really do need them. And I sat on my prescription sunglasses recently and I had to use my spares for a while until I had my other ones. And I know that if I relied on my glasses for proper vision that, you know, those spares were you know, essential. They were helpful in my case, but they would have been essential mm-hmm. if I wasn't allowed to drive without them. So sit down and work out how many spares, you know, are important to you to make you feel sort of safe and secure for that convenience and how many are too many. You know, if you designate four different sunglasses as spares, just think about what spare means and under what circumstances you would use those spare. And do you really need more than one spare? pair of sunnies mm-hmm. at any one time or one pair of spare of glasses. So just sort of sit down and do the math, I think, and work out what your number is and then go and assess your stash and see if you've got more than that number. Yeah, and let go of the ones that are junk or sitting in your junk drawer or like – Or um, old prescriptions that you wouldn't even pick up as a spare yeah. because you've kept them as a spare for 20 years but now they're so old that they wouldn't work as a spare anyway. Yeah. Um, cause quite often we'll bring some in without letting go of the old ones. So yeah, for sure. Yeah. And check, check places as well. Like check the glove box of your car. Cause of, often there's someone, you know, pops a pair in there and then forgets about them. Um, gym bags, handbags, that kind of thing. They, sunglasses can lurk. So. Oh yeah. And we find, I find glasses in clients' houses. I find them in all sorts of different places. Mm. They can be, you know, in the stationary drawer, in the junk drawer, in the coffee table or on the coffee table or wherever they're they're sort of you can find them everywhere so if you can do a a little um what's the word a treasure hunt for glasses and then reassess your stash and see what you can let go of that might be helpful yeah and sunglasses can definitely be donated um lots of charity shops will take them as long as they're not scratched or Mm -hmm. damaged um and prescription glasses depending on your local optometrist a lot of them will take prescription glasses back and then often can um, either recycle the frames or the lenses or pass them on to people um, who yeah. are, you know, less likely to be able to afford or have access to prescription glasses. So there, there's yeah, options. I Don't think just there chuck are... them out unless they're no. completely damaged and unusable. Yeah, exactly. Don't, don't You don't want to donate a wrecked 
direct pair. But yeah, and a lot of the optometrists will have an affiliation with a charity that will send them to undeveloped countries and places like that, which is um, quite helpful. So uh, they're definitely donatable. Don't throw them in the bin unless they're wrecked. So that's our five things to declutter this week or this month or whatever however you want to do this. Uh, So you now have some projects uh, to undertake over the coming weeks. And if you want to share what you're doing with us in our Facebook community group, please do join us and we can all chat about it and celebrate the wins. And we will see you here again next week. Thanks for joining us. We'd love it if you'd leave a review or tell all your friends about us so they too can be uncluttered. If you'd like to connect with us, you can find us at beuncluttered.com.au or on social media or on our own websites at rebeccamazino.com.au and basklifecoaching.com.